You have put a new song in my mouth. A song of praise. A sound that resonates that all of heaven and earth may worship you. We tread the hills to meet with you, to see your majesty in all that surrounds us. For it speaks and displays the eternal God of ages, creator, author, victor. In love, you established an everlasting covenant with your people, and it's your love that captivates us. As children of the King, we rush in as waves unrestrained, overcome, overwhelmed, that the King crowned in glory and splendor would reach down to place a crown upon our heads. So we raise our banner, the banner we boldly stand under, the banner of Jesus Christ. From dusk to dawn, from age to age, your praise resounds in all the earth. Deliverer, Redeemer, ruler of an everlasting kingdom that cannot be shaken. We trust in the name of Christ Jesus, the only King forever. Welcome to Zion's Redemption Radio. This is Fundamentally Mormon. I'm your host, Mark Lichtenwalter. The guest call-in number is 917-889-8827. That's 917-889-8827. You can find this at blogtalkradio.com forward slash fundamentally Mormon. And the text will also be posted on my Facebook wall at facebook.com forward slash L-A-Z-U-R-U-S 1977. You can also find the text and the audio to this radio program on iTunes at Fundamentally Mormon and in the different Facebook groups that I am an admin of. Some of those groups are LDS Last Days Prophecy and Gospel Discussions, LDS Gospel Mysteries, Latter-day Unity, and others. You can find the pages that I admin also on my Facebook wall. And if you enjoy this program, please friend request me or follow me and uh, make me one of your close friends. We try to put out as many episodes as we can during the week. But I'm thankful for you to be here today. Let's get right into the reading today. We are going to be reading out of Ogden Kraut's books. You can find his books for free to read online at ogdenkraut.com. That's O-G-D-E-N-K-R-A-U-T.com. That's O-G-D-E-N-K-R-A-U-T.com. Welcome to the program tonight. Tonight, or today, is the 31st day of May 2021. Guest call-in number is 917-889-8827. Tonight, we're going to be reading Trusting in the Arm, or no way, not Trusting, what is this? Hold on. It's uh, Trust in God, or Trust in the Lord. Anyway, it's chapter 4 of volume 5 of Holy Priesthood. I am climbing Horseshoe Hill here, 
And Horseshoe Hill is not actually the greatest place to start the radio show. But it says my wife is on, so Kim. <laughs> Hi. 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 Can you hear me fine? Yep, we can hear you really good. So our uh, daughter Lydia mm-hmm. is on tonight with us too because <clears throat> Mommy is doing her hair and she is going to help me with the reading while I am trying to do her hair. I'm going to try, okay? Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Okay, Olivia, um, I will dedicate the program, which okay. means I okay. will pray and dedicate it, just like blessing the food. <laughs> We're having spiritual food tonight. And uh, when I'm done dedicating the program, we'll have you start reading, and I will mute my mic. So I'll dedicate it right now. And then uh, everybody out there, the listeners, we will take phone calls after the reading, and the chat room is available at blogtalkradio.com forward slash fundamentally Mormon. All right, I'll dedicate. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We thank the Father for the opportunity to come together each weeknight to share more of the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. We love thee, Father, and we thank thee for all of our many blessings. And we ask thee that thou would bless us as we dedicate our lives unto thee. We thank thee for everything that you have done for us and teaching us all the lessons that you've taught us, even if they are hard to live through and even if there are things that we would rather not do but you know that they will help us to grow we ask for thy blessings in the name of Yeshua our Messiah even Jesus the Christ Amen Go ahead Lydia Okay I'll try <laughs> It's hard to see Okay Serve God and trust him. You cannot serve men nor make flesh your arm for your salvation. Wilford Woodruff Collision, right? Yes. And then I don't know what that stands for. Discourse, Volume 2, April 6, 1890. When I was a child, we played a very popular game called Follow the Leader. It was fun trying to do everything the leader did. However, however, sometimes he did ridiculous, hard, dangerous, or wrong things. After I grew up, there was no need to play such silly childhood games. Nevertheless, I noticed that many adults still play a form of follow the leader in their political professional, economic, and religious activities. And sometimes they become just as ridiculous as children. There seems to be a natural or spiritual instinct Mm -hmm. in men, man, to have an example or leader, someone to show him the right path to take. 
We are placed on this earth surrounded by physical and spiritual confusion. We grow, we grow up to choose from thousands of paths leading every direction and as bewildered mm-hmm. children, we struggle to find the right one. However, God has not left us in total confusion and darkness. He has given us prophets who reach or who have received mm-hmm. inspired revelations. Yep, very good. Visions and manifestations. Yep. Filled with instructions and directions. These scriptures are simple and true and filled with comfort. Comfort and guidance. 39. Oh, we're on page 39. She doesn't know what all these things are. So we're on page 39. Now keep reading. Positive side, trust in the Lord. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Hold your horses. Yeah, you just know all the rules. When you see a bracket with the numbers in it, Olivia, that means it's a, a new page. And when you see that bracket, Finish the quote that you're reading, even if the bracket's yeah. in the middle of the quote, and then tell me <laughs> that we're on page number, whatever the page number is, and okay. I, if I have anything to say, I will comment on whatever, like and then I'll let you know when you can. So when when you read the page, after mm-hmm. uh, after you tell me that it's a new page, take a drink. Okay of whatever you're drinking so you get your mouth wet. Yep. And then look at the next words that you're going to be reading. And then when I tell you that to go on, then you can go on and read the next page. Okay. Okay. I think. Okay. So I am going to comment now trusting in the arm of flesh um, Wilford, the Wilford Woodruff quote, he was actually quoting a scripture. The whole thing about making flesh your arm, do not trust in a friend or make a friend your guide or any of that, um, that's pretty easy to understand. But making flesh your arm, what that means is when you trust in your own thoughts and ideas, so take, for instance, you're reading a scripture and you're like, This scripture obviously means this. Well, if you don't go to God and ask God what it means and get a correct interpretation from him, you're trusting in your own flesh, which we ought not to do. So, for instance, this is a scripture I bring up a lot. In the New Testament, there are scriptures that were supposedly written by Paul, but the earliest manuscripts of those scriptures do not have certain verses in them. The verses that were added three to 400 years after Jesus Christ and Paul are that women should be silent in the churches. These scriptures were added by the Romans after they hijacked the Catholic Church. So when you go to a church and they're like, women shouldn't even talk in church. The reason they say that is because they don't know that the earliest manuscripts don't have that in the scripture. 
and they believe that the the Bible cannot be misinterpreted or screwed around with or anything else, which is just pure ignorance. Because if you look at a proper history of the translation from the time we received it all the way down until the time we get it, you will see that there are many foolish and ignorant translations. Hebrew and Greek do not translate directly into English. So people have to try to figure out, okay, well, what's the best word here? Like, for instance, there is a place in the scriptures that talks about a a woman in a lead pot. It's Isha. There were no vowels in the Hebrew language. Isha, with the proper, uh, after the Nazarites did the whole vowel thing after Christ, you'll see that the word for Isha and the word for fire are the exact same consonants, but they're different vowels. Well, everything was by word of mouth and by, like, what does this mean? Is it woman or fire? Well, the scribes would have been able to tell you, oh, that means fire. There's fire in the lead box that's dangerous in the last days. But somewhere along the line that got that got screwed up and then, and then they started translating it as woman in a lead box and everybody's like this must mean something well it means what it meant when it was given to the you know to the people from the prophet who received it from God but then later on things get screwed up so like with the, for instance like going back to that other scripture people say oh it's in the scriptures so therefore it's of God no, it's not. Just because somebody added something doesn't mean that that's from God. And just because it's in your Bible doesn't mean that that's the way it was received or written when it first came out. Because there's people uh, throughout history that have thought to change Scripture, to add Scripture, to manipulate the people. So when you trust in the, your flesh to just you, you're reading it, you're seeing it with your eyes, you're thinking about the scripture, you come up with the interpretation in your mind, and if you just stop there, what you're doing is placing your mind as an idol in front of God, before God. What you should do is not trust your own flesh or make flesh your arm, but to actually go to the scripture and read it, ask or tell God this is what I believe because you're studying it out to the best of your ability. And then if I was a Protestant or a Catholic or even a Mormon, I would say, well, the scripture says the women should be silent in the churches. And I believe that scripture is true. And then you would go to God and you would say, God, I was reading this scripture. And it says that women should be silent in the churches and that if they have anything to say, they should ask their husbands at home. And then I would ask God, I would tell him I believed it, and then I would ask him if it was true. And what would happen with that particular scripture, because most people don't know that the ancient manuscripts don't have that in the original, what would happen is you would say the prayer and then you would say amen, and then you would go about your merry little business, and you would start to feel 
depression and anxiety and things will stress you out and all kinds of this fruit of the adversary because you're not going to have the fruit of the spirit, which is the exact opposite of the fruit of the adversary. The, the fruit of the spirit is peace and joy and love. Now, if it were true that women should be quiet in the churches, you would say, I believe it. Heavenly Father, help me to know that it's true by a confirmation of the Spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. And if that were true, the Spirit would dwell within you and it would swell up your heart with good feelings, peaceful feelings, loving feelings, joyful feelings. These type of feelings, because that is the fruit of the Spirit, as, uh, as far as Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 23 speak of. So, instead of trusting in your own mind to interpret Scripture, how about you trust in God and take what you believe to Him and seek for confirmation and continue to study things out until you get your confirmation? Because we know that there are thousands, if not millions, of different Christian denominations and other religious denominations that have all broken off from the truth. And they merge, or I mean, they, they split and split and split, and people say, well, this means this, and that means that. But if people would have just done that to the, uh, in the beginning, you would never have the Trinity doctrine. But at the Council of Nicaea, when they decided that the Trinity was a true doctrine, they were not prophets, and they did not seek revelation to see if God gave them a confirmation of the correct interpretation. So now you've got false doctrines, false doctrines of the Trinity. And, uh, and you know, it, the, more, the more time goes through, uh, whatever, the more false doctrines and the more, the more false churches you have. So anyway, I just wanted to bring that up. Go ahead, um, Olivia, with page 39 or 40. It was 39. One second. I just, like, accidentally clicked out of it. She's having fun realizing how the phone works when you try to do a radio show. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it, like, has to be turned sideways oh. and all weird. Yeah. Okay. Positive side, okay. trust in the Lord. Here are a few, 27 to be exact, of the passages on the subject of where we should place our trust. Old Testament, O Lord, my God, and thee, do I put my trust, my defense is of God, which, Sabbath? Sabbath? Mom, sorry. You're good. It happens to me all the time, every time I read. Oh, my gosh. Do you see this? I can't. Hey, up here. The, like, Kim, do you know where that other tablet is that we took away from Emma? Um, I don't. She could read it online, though. Emmett, can you go get my tablet or my thing? Okay, she's back on it. Okay, don't touch the phone Or there. you could use your okay. computer and just use your computer to read the what text, and then, yeah. then um, it would be easier. Okay. Say this. Found it. Okay. Save it, the upright in heart. Yep. Um, what is that? That's Psalms chapter 7, verse 1. Okay. In the Lord put I my trust. Mm-hmm. Psalms 11, 1. I will love thee, 
O Lord, my strength, the Lord is my rock and my fortress. Am I deliverer? Deliverer. Deliverer. That sounds weird in my head. (laughs) My God, my strength, in whom I will trust. Psalms. Mom, help me. Where are you at? Right up here. Psalms. Yeah, 18. It's chapter 18, verses 1 and 2. Oh, okay. He is a buckler to all those that trust in him. Psalms 1830. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Lord is my strength, my shield, my heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Psalms 28, verse 7, right? Verse. Okay. <laughs> he that trusteth in the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. Psalms 32, verse 10. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in men. Man? Men? Mm-hmm. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in prince. Psalms. Princes. Princes. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Psalms 118, verse 8 through 9. My, my help cometh from the Lord, which made he... Heaven mm-hmm. and earth. Heaven. 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 Sorry. Heaven. <laughs> okay. Psalms 121, verse 2. Yeah. <laughs> Get to page 40. I know, I'm, it's hard for me to see without my glasses. So. Okay. They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, oh, oh, which cannot oh, be removed. Oh, oh, oh. What? Psalms 125. Not, Not yet. yet. I, I said, here, let me get you to page 40. Just a second. Oh, in thee do okay. I trust, because, yeah, <laughs> in thee do I trust, because me to know the way wherein I should walk, for I lift up my soul unto thee. Psalms 143, verse 8. Whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Proverbs 29, 25. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Proverbs 35. Shall mortal man be more than just God? Shall a man be more pure than his maker? That's Job 4:17. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Job 13:15. And lastly, he that putteth his trust in me shall possess the land and shall inherit my holy mountain. That's Isaiah 57, verse 13. And now we're on page 40. Okay, well, um, I could say a whole bunch about all of this. That one particular scripture jumped out about trusting in princes or trusting in civil authority. Um, I really like what Reagan said. President Reagan said, trust but verify. So you can trust people that they will do things or that they will do what they're going to say if you want, but verify. And don't place your full trust in people. People will always let you down. So there is a huge problem in the LDS church right now. They are taught as children through brainwashing techniques to follow the prophet mantras. You know, uh, in that song, follow the prophet, follow the prophet, follow the prophet, he knows the way. They sing it like a hundred and something times, I think. 
and all of the verses are stanzas. And these kids are getting brainwashed to following these mortal men and placing their full trust in these mortal men, which they should not do. So later on in life, when they find out that those mortal men are not as great and pure and clean as they claim to be, they, they fall. And so when that happens, you've got these, these adults now that are finding these things out and they're throwing the restoration away because, uh, because anti-Mormons will lie, lie just ridiculous about Joseph Smith and everything else that they can lie about to get people away from the restoration, which is Satan's plan, not God's. But they'll also um, they'll throw the restoration out because of these these fallen these men who pretend to be prophets, seers, and revelators who do not have any of the fruits of being prophets, seers, and revelators, and they fall. And they they I I see this all the time. It makes me so sad when I uh, so. I know that Joseph Smith is a prophet. I know that he's a prophet because when I asked God if he would show me the truth and heal me and I would serve him for the rest of my life, I meant what I said. But I did not, not even in my wildest speculation, believe that Joseph Smith was a true prophet because I was an anti-Mormon Baptist. And I was taught a ton of anti-Mormon lies about Joseph Smith. But when the missionaries showed up at my door, I was nice to them, but I didn't really care about what they had to say because they were teaching a false doctrine as far as I was concerned. But I finally listened. And when I listened to them, I felt a peace that I had not felt in a long time, which is very unusual for me. I felt that peace. And I... When they left, I asked God with a sincere heart, believing that it could be true if Joseph Smith was a true prophet and if the Book of Mormon was true. And I tell you, I felt the Holy Spirit burn on me, come down on me with power and force, which is ineffable, unspeakable. I was also completely healed. Now, I had a drug addiction problem. I could not get over it. I was healed in an instant. So I turned my life around, and I made preparations, and I went on a mission. So that was in 96 when I met the missionaries. I went on a mission in 97. And when I taught the first, any of the, anything that had to do with the truth, the Spirit testified of it as I was teaching it. And I know that that happens to other missionaries. They feel the Spirit of truth as they are teaching truth. And it testifies to them that the things that they're teaching are true. But what's sad is I'm seeing these returned missionaries come home and they're finding out about things that these Babylonian business bankers that pretend to be prophets, seers, and revelators have done or things that the church has kept hidden or these anti-Mormon lies, and they are falling away 
left and right. And why this is sad is because they had the Spirit testify of the truth that they taught. And they are, in effect, denying the Holy Ghost and becoming sons uh, sons of perdition. Now, I believe God is more forgiving, but these men that they proclaim to be Babylon, uh, these uh, proclaimed to be prophets, seers, and revelators that are Babylonian businessmen and bankers are creating a church not of saints but of perdition. And it makes me so angry and upset the lies and the half-truths and the whitewashing and the changing of doctrine and the changing of ordinances and the changing of endowments. So I will do these radio programs because I know what the truth is and I also know what the lies are. So anyway, uh, this is part of the reason why we're not supposed to be trusting in the flesh. The song shouldn't be follow the prophet, follow the prophet. No. Follow the Spirit, follow the Spirit, follow the Spirit. He knows the way. That's who you need to follow. As you turn to God and seek for revelation and confirmation from the Spirit, the Spirit will lead you to the truth, which is Yeshua HaMashiach or Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ will bring you back into the presence of the Father. That is the correct way. The true prophets teach the people how to get revelation for themselves and point to God and step out of the way. The false prophets, it doesn't matter if we're right or wrong. You should follow the prophet anyway. You shouldn't criticize. That's a cult mentality. And the LDS church has become a cult. So I'm going to mute myself. I've got to get out and get my gates anyway. So uh, just go ahead and read. Hold on. It just went out of it. I have to okay. Hi. This is Emmett reading now because uh, Olivia has to dye her hair some more on a different side. Okay. Go. Page 40. Okay. Oh, Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. Uh, it is so annoying because it, like, goes out. That's what we were trying to say. Yeah. Um, where are we? It's okay. It happens small all the time. Yeah. Pages 37 to 47. Yep. Oh, Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. Uh, Jeremiah, I believe, uh, 10.23. Yep. Um, I, I wasn't. I just had to tap it so it turns on. So my mom's phone, if you don't tap it every so often, it turns off. But yeah. every time you tap part oh, of the screen, it moves to a different page. Yeah. Something so awesome is happening right now. Are you ready what? for this? What? I'm ready. My, my odometer on my semi-truck is 455,555. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's, it's so, so awesome. awesome. I got to see it. Only 100 miles. And you are Okay, I'm going to go celebrate by dancing a jig. I bet I got to get out of the truck, so uh, I'm going to mute. 
Okay. Um, we are on page 40. I just read that it was Jeremiah, whatever chapter it was. Yeah. Um, okay. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. Jeremiah 17, uh, 7. I will surely deliver thee, and thou shalt not fall by the sword, but thy life shall be for a prey unto thee. Uh, spelt P-R-E-Y. Yeah. Um, because thou hast put thy trust in me, saith the Lord. Jeremiah thirty-nine eighteen. Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on thee. Second, I believe, Corinthians fourteen eleven. <laughs> there be more with us than with him, king of Assyria. Uh, with him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. Second Corinthians uh, chapter 32, verses 7 and 8. Uh, that one's weird. Um, New Testament. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Uh, Matthew 11:28. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. Mark eleven twenty two. Believeth or no, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy house. Acts sixteen thirty one. Your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. First Corinthians two five. The Lord shall deliver me from every evil work, and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom. 2 Timothy 4.18, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he will hear us. 1 John 5.14, um, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into, into him and sup with him, <laughs> and he would be... <laughs> Revelations 3.20, uh, page 41, um, I tapped off of, this is just so annoying, 41, negative side, don't trust in the arm of flesh. In this section, there are, All right. hi, hi. Yeah. at the end of each page, I need you to stop and ask me if there's anything I have to say, and okay. then you take a drink when I'm, but. Uh, I'm just letting you know for future, but I don't have anything to say, so I will mute myself okay. again. So I have to say something right? So I'm just going to say, when I was a kid, sometimes, rarely, I think there was maybe five times total, my mother would, or maybe it was more than that, I just can't remember because I was really little, my mom would try to get us all in the same room, us six kids in the same room too, read scriptures or even just to say a friend, family prayer because that's what you're supposed to do. So trying to say a family prayer. And we would all be impossible to keep quiet because we're all like 18 months apart, 18 to 20 months apart, all six of us. And we would always be like giggling and trying to hold our breath so we don't laugh and like don't look at each other because we are like going to laugh if we look at each other. <laughs> so right now, that's why Olivia has the giggles. So she's like giggling in the background because that, that's what happens when you try to read with kids. Yeah, that and because I'm reading and there's like words that are so weird sounding, I guess, to her. She's like, <laughs> whenever I say half of these. Anyways, um, 41 negative side, don't trust in the arm of flesh. 
In this section, there are 29 references that tell us not to put our trust in the arm of flesh. First, the Old Testament. With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah, Hezekiah, king of Judah, 2 Corinthians 32.8. Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. Jeremiah 17, uh, verse 5. Book of Mormon. O Lord, I have trusted in thee, and I will trust in thee forever, and I will not put my trust in the arm of flesh, for I know that cursed is he that putteth his arm in the trust of the arm of flesh. Uh, yeah. Oh, gosh, her phone is dying. Um, yea, cursed is he that putteth the, his trust in man or maketh flesh his arm. Second Nephi 432. Or 34. 434. Uh, cursed is he. This is the one off. You touched it, didn't you? Yep. Um, uh, right here. This is why you guys should use the laptop to read. To yeah, it would be so much talk. easier. The next yeah. time you have to say a whole bunch of we'll try to set that up. Okay. Cursed is he that putteth his trust in man, or maketh flesh his arm, or shall hearken unto the precepts of men, save their precepts shall be given by the power of the Holy Ghost. Second Nephi 28. 31. The Doctrine and Covenants. The weak things of the world shall come forth and break down the mighty and strong ones. That man should counsel his fellow man neither trust in the arm of flesh. Uh, LDS Church Leaders. I preached to a large congregation at the stand on the science and practice of medicine, desiring to persuade the saints to trust in God when sick and not in the arm of flesh, and live by faith, not by medicine or poison. Joseph Smith, Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, page 190. I think that's what that is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would like to impress upon the minds of the brethren that he he who goes forth in the name of the Lord, trusting in him with all his heart, will never want for wisdom to answer any question that is asked of him, or that is asked him, or to give any counsel that may be required to lead the people in the way of life and salvation. And he will never, uh, page 42, be confounded, uh, confounded worlds without end. Uh, do you have anything to say? Uh, no, I love all of these quotes, but, um, well, the true ones anyway. Anyway, so when you see the brackets with the number in the middle of a quote, just finish the quote and then say what the quote is and then tell me the page and then ask if I have anything to say. Oh, okay. Um, we'll never that be confounded. Like, that, that way you're not like, I, Nephi, having born of page one, goodly parent. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was born of page one. Having been born of Page one, goodly parent. <laughs> yeah, he has been born on page one. <laughs> well, that's how it all begins. <laughs> Chapter one of his life, page one. He was born on page one. <laughs> Man, this would be so much easier if we could just, like, put the book here. <laughs> like, 
have it like see that. Anyways, um, where was I? Forty two. Well, another thing that you could do (laughs) in the office. In the office, we have we have um, the enzymes of the nations, volume two through seven. It's in those volumes, the written text in the book form. So you don't have to read it online. I mean, you can. You know, if you don't have the computer right up, you can do that. So maybe um, that might be something that you guys would think about in the future. Yeah, that's a good idea. And then we can leave mom's phone screen on rest. (laughs) Well, if you have mom's phone and you just have it on the phone function, you don't have to take it off that screen. It'll be easier to mute and unmute. You could also use the headset that somehow disappeared out of my bag. Uh, I think that Lydia has a new function. Olivia blamed you earlier, but we're not going to talk about that on this program. But All right. it doesn't uh, matter. Yeah. So go ahead. Uh, continuing on, um, I'm just going to finish this quote. And he will never be confounded worlds without end. While he who trusts in the wisdom of man or leans on the arm of flesh is weak and blind and destitute of the principles that will lead the elders of Israel to victory and glory. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses, uh, chapter 12, verse 34. Let me observe that though there were men chosen of God through whom he gave revelations to the world, yet it does not follow of necessity that those for who use the revelations for whose use the revelations were given, um, had no other way of testing their truth. But the veracity of those, though whom they came, this would all, uh, this would to all intents be staying, staying ourselves on man and making flesh our arm, which is strictly forbidden in the word of the Lord. Sydney, Rig- Sydney Rigdon, um, Messen Ads, Volume 2, page 259. I don't know what that is. It's M-E-S-S dot and A-D-V. Um, the time will come when no man or woman will be able to endure on borrowed light. Heber C. Kimball, as quoted in the Life of Heber C. Kimball, Orson F. Whitney, 1888 edition, page 461. Men have no right to trust in an arm of flesh, and for this reason, that Zion may again be built upon earth, uh, up on earth, that faith may increase, and the saints rely upon the mercies of God. W. M. W. Phelps, Zion, uh, EVNG and MRNG, oh, Evening and Morning Star, December of 1832, page 54. We are not to trust in the arm of flesh, but we are to trust on the strength of Israel's God and live so that our conduct will warrant us a confidential application to him in the hour of danger. Lorenzo Young, Journal of Discourses, Chapter 6, Verse 236. Lorenzo Young? Yeah, on Journal of Discourses. Lorenzo Young. Yes, Lorenzo Young. Okay. Yeah, he's got a weird first name. No, uh, there's Lorenzo Snow and Brigham Young, yeah. and I have never heard of Lorenzo Young, so I was like, okay. Uh, yeah. It was Brigham Young. Lorenzo Young. Yeah. This is just like a weird name we're talking about. Ye
if we, in our experience, have not yet proved the truth of the words of the prophet, um, hyphen quotation marks, cursed is he that trusteth in man, or maketh flesh his arm, uh, another quotation mark hyphen thing, probably we will do if we live long enough. There is a curse attending every man and woman who does this. George Q. Cannon, Journal of Discourses, uh, chapter 12, verse 45. Brethren and sisters, live so that each of you can go to the Father and ask and receive from him the blessing that you need. He has said, Cursed is he that putteth his trust in man, or maketh flesh his arm. Do not build upon man, do not lean upon him, but lean upon our Father in heaven. George Q. Cannon, Journal of Discourses, uh, 19, verses 110 and 111. Uh, end of page. Anything to say, Dad? Um, well, I don't think he has anything to say. So, um, we're on page 43, I think. Okay. Uh, I often think of the scripture which says, Cursed is he that putteth his trust in man, or maketh flesh his arm. The best of men will fail us. They are fail fallible beings, full of frailties and shortcomings. And they are not to be trusted with our salvation. But our God can be trusted to the very uttermost, no matter how serious the trial, how deep the distress, how great the affliction, he will never desert us. He never has and he never will. He cannot do it. It is not his character. He is an unchangeable being, the same yesterday, the same today, and he will be the same throughout the eternal ages to come. Uh, George Q. Cannon, Collected Discourses, um, Volume... Uh, areas of fun. Uh, volume. Where were we at? This is so annoying. How did you just? Yeah, because I looked at uh, our brother of mine. He's outside and playing with our sisters on the trampoline while he's going over there. But like, I'm in the middle of reading and I look over and the phone screen turns off. <laughs> okay. Is it black now? Uh, no, it's not it black. It too. It switches to black. Yeah. It is switched to black now. That's what it did. Um, George Q. Cannon, Collected Discourses, Volume 2, March 1st, 1891. Do not, brethren, put your trust in a man, though he may be a bishop, an apostle, or a president. If you do, they will fail you at some time or place. They will do wrong or seem to, and your support be gone. But if we lean on God, he will never fail us. When men and women depend on God alone and trust in him alone, their faith will not be shaken if the highest in the church should step aside. George Q. Cannon, Deseret Weekly, March 7th, 1891, Volume 43, page 322. Are you sure? I've got to say, some of these quotes are just like, what they come from is ridiculously long. It's like citing something in MLA format. <laughs> um, this is the way we should all feel. And we should, above all other expectations, oh no, all other considerations, be determined to cleave to the gospel, building our faith upon the rock, not upon the arm of flesh. Joseph S. Smith, Journal of Discourses, 19, uh, verse 197. Our testimony does not depend upon Joseph Smith. It does not depend upon Brigham Young. It does not depend upon 
John Taylor or on the Council of the Twelve Apostles, which is now the presiding, presiding forum of the church. I pin my faith to no man's sleeve. I am a believer in the scripture which says, Curse be the man that trusteth in man and maketh flesh his arm. Charles W. Penrose, Journal of Discourses, chapter 20, verse 295. Uh, it is vain and futile for us to trust in the arm of the world. We have got to trust in him instead of looking to the world for that substance or sustenance and support. That overruling health which shall control and advance the interests of Zion, he is going to have the credit of it himself. He is going to demonstrate the truth of saying, Woe unto him that trusteth in man and maketh flesh his arm. Franklin D. Richard, uh, Collective Discourses, Volume 3, October 6, 1893, page 44. Dad, do you got anything to say? I'm checking. No. Hold on. Okay. Um. Um, we are transitioning over to Olivia talking because I got to go do something. Be not afraid with regard to the work. Only serve God and trust in him. You cannot serve man nor make flesh your arm for your salvation. If we are saved... If we are delivered, if we have redemption, it will be by the power of the God of Israel. Sorry. <laughs> Wilford? Wilford Woodruff. Mom, it says coll- yep. collision. Yep. To, um, help me. <laughs> I can't see what he uh, Discourse, Collective Discourse, Volume 3, October 6, 19. 1893. Okay. To walk safely and steadfastly without leaning upon the arm of flesh is the individual duty of every Latter-day Saint. Such a, a duty becomes a responsibility which men owe to themselves and to their God. Mom, help me. Joseph? Fielding Smith. Gospel Doctrine, page 253. Okay. <clears throat> we should be willing and willing, wait, yeah, willing, you guys said it right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And anxious to believe the words of the Lord and have more confidence in what has come from him, that in what has come through the arm of flesh. Let us increase our faith and confidence in the Lord. Joseph. Fielding. Fielding Smith. Yes. Doctrine of Salvation. Yep. Two and three hundred and fourteen. Boasting or boosting? Boasting. Boasting is of two kinds, either righteousness or unrighteousness. Either in arm of flesh or in the Lord 
and his gracious goodness and power. He's a glorious, is that right? Yeah. Glorious. He that glorious. He that glorious, let him glory in the world. What does that mean, Mom? Glorious? No, that was right there. In the Lord. Oh, so then she has three asterisks after that. Okay, I didn't know. I don't know what that means either, so I just say that that book there. Okay. Boasting in the arm of flesh, one of the commonest mm-hmm. of all sins among worldly people is a gross evil. It is a sin born of pride, a sin that creates a frame of mind which keeps men from turning to the Lord and accepting his saving grace. When a man engages in self exclusion, 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 I can't say it, Mom. Exaltation. Oh, okay. Exaltation because of his riches. His political power, yep. his worldly, worldly, worldly learning, his physical power, powers, mm-hmm. his biz powers. Yep. Okay. <laughs> his business, a a cumin, a cumin. Is that right, Mom? Yep, a cumin. A cumin, or even his works of righteousness. He, <laughs> he is not in tune with the spirit of the Lord. Bruce R. McConkie. Yep. <laughs> Mormon Doctrine, mm-hmm. page 93. Spiritual. <laughs> that took me a minute. Yeah, spiritual. When you move the phone. It's spiritual, spiritual. reality. Gospel truth. The doctrine and principles of salvation come only by revelation. They are only known and only known to and understood by the spiritual literate spiritually literate. Spiritually literate. Those who so live as the or as to attune as to attune their souls to the spirit of revelation. Yeah, they're tuning their souls in. They are withheld from and remain unknown to the worldly wise. And those who trust in the arm of the flesh, Bruce R. McConkie, yep. Doctrine, right? Yep. New Testament, what does that mean? The, um, the C-O-M-M. Commentary. Okay, thank you. Oh, okay. Um, one verse four hundred and sixty six. It is a disappointment sometimes, however, to find some who are not willing to trust the Lord, to trust in his promise when he says, Prove me and see. I often wonder why men cannot trust their Lord. He has Mom, isn't that page forty five? Do I just finish? Yep. He has promised his children every Every blessing blessing contingent upon their faithfulness, but fickle man places his trust in the arm of flesh and sets about to make his own way unaided by him who could do so much. That's the Censor W. Kimball Conference Report, October 4th, 1952. (laughs) And now we're on page 45. Okay. 
Any comments? Dad, anything? Um, we have two pages left, and then we'll have the preview for the next chapter, which will be another page, so three pages all together. Um, yep. We did have and a caller call in. to keep doing it. This is pretty fun. We had a caller call in, and I took him into the okay. screening room, and they had a really good question. Okay. And uh, he might come back on the air. Um, if that caller is still listening, um, when we read the last page of the preview of the next chapter, I will keep an eye on the studio. And if you call back in, um, you can ask your question at that time. Um, I was gone for a little bit. That's why. Um, if he doesn't yeah, call back in, I'll just I'll just uh, bring up the question. Okay, so, sounds good. Anyway, go ahead. All right. Okay. okay. In all ages, when men have fallen under the power of Satan and lost faith, or lost the faith, they have put in its place a hope in the arm of the flesh and in God's gods of silver and gold, of brass, iron, wood, and stone, which she not nor hear nor know, Daniel 5, verse 23, right? Yep, yep. Okay. Doing good. That is in idols. This I find to be a dominant dominant (laughs) theme. In the Old Testament, however, or whatever, thing a man sets in heart and his trust in most is his God. Okay, there we go. (laughs) And if his God doesn't also happen to be the true and living God of Israel, that man is laboring and idolatry. Mm-hmm. Idolatry. Idolatry. Yep. Spencer W. Kimball, teachings of Spencer W. Kimball. Right, Kimball? Yep. Okay. Page uh, seven, 76, yep. 27 is what I tried to say, and then I realized that's not what it is. Okay. <laughs> Where men have lost the knowledge of the the true and living God they have had to create for themselves because of the desire within them, a God of their own making. And so they have depended upon the arm of the flesh. Hilton A. Robertson. Um, Mom, I don't know what this means. Okay. It's, it's C-O-N-S dot, like, con, where are we? Up, 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 like, top. The conference report. Yeah, okay. April 1953, page 56. Okay. Yep. And finally, to sum it up, if our faith is in Jesus Christ and not in the arm of the flesh, then we will know that we are members of the church of Jesus Christ and not the church of men. It is Rhea T. Benson. Ezra Taft. Oh. Benson, Ezra T. Benson, yep. Teachings of Ezra T. Benson, page 90. <clears throat> it makes one wonder if the more recent church leaders have a correct and complete understanding of putting one's trust in the arm of the flesh because one minute they quote this passage with convictions and Oh, it's hard to read without my glasses. Mm-hmm. 
And the next they tell the people to put their trust in them, the leaders, does this mean they are accept, accept, Mom? Okay, now we need Emmett to read for just a minute because I'm going to make a little bit of noise and we need him to go there. Oh, okay. Okay, where are we at? Okay. Um, excuse me, where were you at, Olivia? Okay. Uh, to put their trust in him, or in them, the leaders, does this mean they are exempt from being the arm of flesh and that their arm is not flesh? Maybe we'd better take a closer look at a couple definitions of the term, or of the terms, I guess. Uh, page 46. Trusting in the arm of flesh, definition one. Believing and obeying the words and instructions of those who claim to have authority over us, regardless of title, position, wealth, appearance, or holy office, even when it differs from what we have been told by the Lord, and even though all mortals have weaknesses, personal opinions, and biases. See uh, Ether, Esther, 1227. Uh, Trusting in the Lord, depending on the Lord with the same trust that a little child trusts and, or no, a little child trusts in his father. This covers all areas from one's daily bread to eternal salvation. It, in, it entails making an honest effort to obey all his commandments, no matter what mortal men or leaders may say, and being willing to put everything on the altar and living our life according to his will. The scriptures and teachings of inspired men tell us we should put our trust in God and not in the arm of flesh. This means that if we put trust in men, we have failed to trust in God. So if we put our trust in a bishop, apostle, or president of the church, we are going uh, contrary to the scripture and good sense. There are several specific and important reasons why the Lord doesn't want men to put their trust in other men. Um, I have a list of reasons, so every time I pause, it's going to be a different reason. Um, Starting now. It takes away honor from God and gives it to men. Spiritual gifts and answers to prayer do not come from man. Salvation comes from God. Men are fallible or fallible. Men do not have divine wisdom. God commanded us not to. He promised to curse people who do and bless people who trust him. He alone knows all the answers to our problems. And last reason, he promised to fight all our battles. Um, Page 47, Dad. Um, Can you guys hear me now? I can hear you. Okay. Um, I'm just getting into carbon cake, who was by the scale, which is where I break up a whole bunch. That's Um, what I was going to say. You're breaking up a bit. (laughs) Okay, so the next part, the um, the next part, does it say chapter 5, or is it one more page called chapter 5? Um, there is, like, an entire paragraph, not even, and then it says Chapter 5. Okay, so 
Um, I'm going to have you read that paragraph and then continue reading the preview. The lines are open for people who want to call in. For that caller who wants to call back from Hurricane, uh, he can go ahead and do so. Uh, we're just going to finish one page, basically, a little bit more. Uh, anybody else who wants to call in about this, trusting in the arm of flesh, what we've been reading tonight, or vaccines, can call in now, and we will bring you up into uh, if you have a question or a comment. Also, the chat room is available at blogtalkradio.com forward slash fundamentally Mormon. And if this is interesting to you, um, but you would like to read it for yourself, you can go to facebook.com forward slash L-A-Z-U-R-U-S 1977 and find it on my wall, Mark Lichtenwalter. Also, uh, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow I'll post this at Zion's Redemption Radio Network which is a page on Facebook, which you can find by searching on Facebook for Zion's Redemption Radio Network. Or you can read the whole book for free online, for free online at ogdenkraut.com. It's O-G-D-E-N-K-R-A-U-T.com. And there are 70-something other publications there that all have to do with the gospel and things all, all things restoration. So, like I said, chat rooms available. Phone lines are open. Phone number is 917-889-8827. Go ahead and read the last of this paragraph and read the next page as the preview for what we will be reading for tomorrow. Thank you, Annette. You're welcome. I did have a question, but I forgot it. So let's continue. Uh, on page 47, there's a bit over a sentence. Yet, with all the scriptures Wait, and good advice... Whoa, 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 whoa. Your question is, with all this being said, should I trust my daddy? And yes, you should trust your daddy. Go ahead. I mean, he a thing about that. It says you should trust in God like a child would trust in his father. So that was kind of funny. Um, I did remember my question. Isn't this one of the Enzymes of the Nation books? And if so, do you know which one it is? <laughs> um, it is one of the Enzymes of the Nation books, and it is in volume one or two or three or four or five or six, but not seven. Okay. <laughs> that narrows it down so much. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, That's only thousands of pages for you to... But there is a table of contents in the beginning of each one. And, uh, you know, it's Holy Priesthood Volume 5, so it shouldn't be that hard to find. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll trust you with that one. <laughs> um, yet, with all the scripture and good advice about not putting our trust in the arm of flesh, it seems to be the easiest and most popular course for the majority of church members. End of page 47, going on to page 48. Uh, chapter 5, Christ and the Jewish Leaders. I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. Uh, John 5.30. Uh, Jesus started... Uh, it is infidelity. Uh, I keep clicking off, and it's so annoying. Uh, we are on this one. 
Okay, now we were starting chapter 5. You got to scroll all the way to the bottom. Here we are. Christ and the Jewish leaders. I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. John 5.30. Jesus started his ministry by saying, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Uh, Matthew 4.4. 4. One interpretation of this could be that words of man have very little worth in comparison to words of God. Um, I would generally agree with that statement. <laughs> Uh, when Jesus went into the wilderness to be with God, the tempter came to him. But Christ's best defense was quoting the scripture which says, Get thee then, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only thou shalt serve, or shalt thou serve. Matthew 4:10. Jesus was quoting from the Old Testament, but it is difficult to tell the exact source because it's mentioned so many times. Uh, see Deuteronomy uh uh, chapter 4, verse 10, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 13, um, again in Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12, uh, 11, 13, 13, 4, um, Josh 22, 5, 24, 14, 15, uh, 22, and 1 Samuel 7, chapter 7, verse 3. Uh, chapter 12, verse 14, chapter 20, verse 24. It is the foundation of the Israelite religion. This scripture can be divided into two parts. Uh, one is to worship only the Lord, and the other is to serve only him. It seems like such a simple commandment, yet it is probably the most neglected. Yet it is probably the most neglected. And I believe that is it, Dad. Take it away. Okay, so uh, we don't have that caller called back in, and nobody is uh, talking in the chat room. Um, I will say one thing, though. When Jesus taught, everything that he taught as he pulled out of the scriptures was in the Old Testament, because the New Testament did not exist. The Old Testament is still relevant. It is still important. And people shouldn't just throw it away because Jesus came and taught because everything Jesus taught was actually in the Old Testament. So um, we'll say that for one. Um, let me just make sure that we don't have that caller back. Nope, we don't. Okay, so um, oh, all right. So trusting in the prophets. Now, every word that is from God in the scriptures, which was given or written down or spoken to the people, it, that's, that's from God. You trust, you trust that after you get confirmation of the Holy Spirit, because you can actually trust, place your trust in words of Paul according to the Bible that you have and still be wrong because, like we talked about earlier, there are things in the scriptures that Paul said which were not there in the original. Paul had opinions which were not scriptural. And also, you can get a misinterpretation by trusting in your own thoughts. Oh, I, I studied this out to the best of my ability. But you never go to God to find out what the truth is. So then you got councils like the Council of Nicaea, where they talk about 
people, what is the nature of God? I think God is one and three and three and one and all are here and there and there and and outside of time and all the, whatever, all the stuff that men come, you know, they, the, the thoughts of men mingled with scripture does not make doctrine. So uh, also you can actually place your trust in Jesus and still be damned. Because Jesus said this, and Jesus said that. You know, Jesus told them to go and get uh, sell their cloaks and get swords. Well, that must mean that everybody should have guns and that we should shoot people that come out. Like, oh, and then, uh, what's the other one? Um, oh, if somebody insults you, then you should turn the other cheek. And, like, no idea what the context is to any of these scriptures. And they go off... And they trust Jesus. But really what they're doing is trusting in their own thoughts, ideas, and opinions without getting revelation from God. James chapter 1, verse 5 says, If you lack wisdom, ask God that will give to all men freely and will not punish. But let him ask in faith, not wavering. For he that is like a wave is tossed to and fro on the sea. And all that means is that if you don't understand things, you ask God but you study it out to the best of your ability so that you are firm in your ideas about what you think, but then you go to God, and he lets you have wisdom on that, and he confirms the truth of it by the fruit of the Holy Spirit. That's all that means. So you don't place your trust in scriptures. You don't place your trust in Jesus without revelation from God that what, that what your interpretation is of what he said is correct. God, the way it works, God the Father sends the Holy Spirit to teach and test truth, or the prophets, but still the Spirit is, uh, you know, very important. And the Spirit testifies the truth to bring you into the presence or to the Son, and the Son brings you back into the presence of the Father. That's how that works. Okay. Now, we had a call from Randy in Hurricane, Utah, and actually said, I know you're from Hurricane, because if you weren't from Hurricane, you might say you're from Hurricane, Utah. And that is not how it is pronounced, even though the word is hurricane. But if you're from Hurricane, Utah, you say it right. And he thought that was funny. Anyway, so he really was from Hurricane, Utah, and he wanted to ask about vaccines because he's really troubled about what he should do. And this actually is a good question because should we trust in our government or should we trust in Dr. Fauci or should we trust in whatever? You place your trust in God. You study it out to the best of your ability You come to your conclusion, and then if you believe you should get the vaccine, go to God first. Say, God, I believe that I should get the vaccine, and ask him if it's correct. Now, for those of you who don't know, people do get vaccine injuries. Everybody has a different chemical makeup in their body. Sometimes vaccines are good. And sometimes they're bad. Let me explain. Let me explain a little bit. So I have five living kids, okay? 
My first two kids are from a previous marriage. They have a different genetic makeup. They have partially mine, partially my first husband. <clears throat> my, sec my next three kids, they're all from my husband now and from me. They have a different genetic makeup, okay? My first two kids ha were 100% vaccinated. I know there's some people who believe there's a correlation between vaccinations and um, being on the spectrum, having spectrum disorders. I or, do not you know, know if that is true over all things. Just a minute. If you but follow I do the know science. that both <laughs> – hold on one second. I do know that my two children, who are 100% vaccinated, both have Asperger's, and the uh, the second one has ADHD with Asperger. She had more shots. She was she's a little bit younger, and the shot schedule is different as you get older. There are more and more that they give for every year. So my first one didn't have as many. Now, our first daughter together um, with mine and my husband's genetic makeup, both of us, um, our genes are in her. And she had her first set of vaccinations done, and she ended up having seizures until she was three years old. She had fainting spells up until now. She had one a few. The, um, the I don't know when it was. It was a, yeah. Yeah. She got a vaccination and the next day. So, they, so she has an exemption from a doctor. Um, because they they know that they do not want to have any more problems. Our next two children, um, the doctors left up to us to decide because they um, also um, noted that they have the same genetic makeup and they are a little concerned that the same thing might happen. So <clears throat> I'm just saying uh, let's talk. different people let's have, just... have different genetic makeup when uh, and when you're getting these vaccines or different things your bodies your genetics react differently to it my genetics have something in them that makes my children react to something um, in them and gives them these problems with their genetics um, my son also ended up with uh, after he had the whooping cough vaccine he has asthma. He got it right after he got whooping. He also got whooping cough. So he had the vaccine. He got whooping cough. And then he got stabbed in the butt a couple of times with something else to try to stop it. And then he ended up with um, with asthma. And he was on um, Advair, Singular, had a nebulizer, the whole nine, uh, inhaler, rescue like inhaler. That. Yep. So we've done the whole nine with him. Um, okay. Our daughter, so, Eliza, that had the... Mm -hmm. um, the seizures it wasn't just like oh she has a seat no she was treated at a primary primary children's hospital in salt lake city utah because of how severe it was yeah uh, i also ended up with a whole bunch of disorders and i'm fully vaccinated yeah i already said that <laughs> oh i didn't hear so that. so that's why it's important for people to get personal revelation because you know, the prophet, the you know, the, your bishop, whatever, he's not going to give you revelation that is pertinent to only you. He's going to give a generalized, um, uh, what is it called, proclamation? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what they call it. Yes. General authority. Um, as to, okay, we think this is what you should probably do. 
Uh-huh. Well, that's what they do. They give you a general, well, we think this is probably what you should do. A suggestion. Um, but also, you're not Mormon if you don't listen, so they'll say that kind of stuff, too. Like, yeah, that's a whole other topic. Anyway, so what you should do is get revelation for yourself. Do you um, uh, make a decision, whatever your decision is? Like, you, if you decide that, okay, I'm going to go and get the vaccine, and then you pray about it and let God know what it is that you're going to do. Um, you know, say um, all your concerns, let him know how you're feeling and that you just want to know the truth. What should you do? And then leave it up to him, you know, place all your trust in him, and then give it a few, give it a minute or two, and, and see what it is that he tells you to do. And whatever it is. Um, so sometimes when you pray about things, you get revelation. Um, after you get the revelation that you're supposed to have, you'll, you'll get an immediate, like, revelation. Um, an hour or two later, a little bit later, you'll you'll feel like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this, or maybe I shouldn't do that, or you'll, you'll feel something contrary. That is not of God. So a confusion or um, something that is upsetting or scares you or anxiety, that isn't of God. That will be an afterthought or some, or a confusion. But if you pray to God and ask him with sincere heart and with real intent to do whatever it is that he tells you to do, whatever your answer is, and he knows what you're going, you know, he knows how you're going to respond if you are obedient to him or if you are not, if you are obedient to man. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he will um, give you your answer. And if you have every intention and your heart to, you know, single to the eye of God, then you will do what he asks and he will give you the answer and he knows you will follow it. So, yeah, it's all um, a test to you also. It's to help you to build that trust in God and to help you to build your testimony of him also. There's one more step that people need to follow, need to follow, because Satan wants to give you confusion. He wants to give you revelation and he wants to screw it up in your mind. So even if you get a revelation, even if God speaks to you face to face, you think about it, and then you talk to God and you say, this is what I believe you're saying. Is this correct? If you're misinterpreting what he has said, or if it is a bad revelation from a demon who is coming as an angel of light or whatever, the spirit will withdraw from you every single time. I don't understand how people can be deceived by angels of light because they do not have the spirit of God that accompany them. Satan's tried to do that to me a couple of times. And I don't know if it's because I have the spirit of discernment, but I can feel it right away, even though he's trying to like do all the, Oh, look at me. I'm God. I'm like, Nope. You know, but it's because of the feelings that come with that. So, um, but you can be scared. Like there's, there's places in the scriptures where like, well, John, an angel of God came from heaven to deliver a message to John in Revelation, in the book of Revelation, and he spoke like he was Jesus, but he was just a messenger. And John fell down and was like, yeah. And the angel said, I am a fellow servant. Don't fall down before me. And John was scared because of this thing that was happening. That's different. When you're, you have the foreboding, the anxiety, the anger, the, the depression, that's, that is the adversary. So anyway, um, 
Also, real quick, um, Kim, just talk about a little bit about uh, Michelle, our babysitter, and what happened to her child after her child got vaccinated. Oh, yeah. Um, So Michelle had a baby um, getting his first round of vaccinations also, and um, she went and got them done, and then he came back, you know, and um, laid him down for a nap in his bed, just like normal. Um, and she went in to check on him and, um, he died in his bed and she, you know, talked to doctors about, she, they had him rushed to the hospital. They tried to revive him a whole bunch of things, but he was already gone. And she knows that it was from the vaccine that he just got. Um, But the doctors say it's inconclusive and that um, it was SIDS or um, other, even though he had just come back. But they said because it was less than, it was more than 15 minutes after or something that that it was hard to determine. But her baby died from getting a vaccine. Um, Yeah. Sad. I'm in Sunnyside Dips. I don't know if you can hear me, so I'm going to come out of this dip before I comment. Oh, yeah. Um, we can hear you just fine, actually. Okay. So um, you're in the Sunnyside right. Dips? Yeah, I'm just... Um, um, see, now you're breaking up a little bit, but I just was wondering if you were coming back this way or going that way. Not sure. I'm going towards the mine to get a load to go to the power plant. So, um, all right. So I can talk for just uh, for a little bit now. Um, Now, both Kim and I are military brats, but unlike our Kim, our I don't know how to say this. I got to go overseas. Kim, she got stuck in the states. She didn't have to go through all of the vaccinations and all of the shots that I had to go through back in the 80s, uh, back in 86, I think it was, or 87. Yeah, it was 87. Yeah, I got tons of shots and everything, and I didn't have any adverse, well, that, that remains to be seen. I mean, who knows? Maybe it's the reason I'm crazy and see God. Who knows? <laughs> anyway, but... Um, so vaccines were a really good thing for a long time, but then you get these people who come along, like, for instance, Bill Gates. Bill Gates was raised by people who were on the board of Planned Parenthood and were friends with Margaret Singer, who was in uh, youth all, or she, she wanted to get rid of, she's the one that did Planned Parenthood. And uh, eugenicists, yeah, they, they want to kill people, right? Because there's too many people on the earth. Now, this whole global warming thing, it's because there's too many people on the earth and they're using too many resources. So we have to reduce the population. So back in 2010, and Kim's seen this conference, um, but in 2010, Bill Gates gave a, a kind of like a TED Talk, and it's called Innovate to Zero. Go on YouTube and check it out. In that talk, he said, we are using health care and vaccinations to reduce the population of the planet 10 to 15 percent. 
at the time, there were about 7 billion people on the planet. 10 to 15% of the population of the earth is 700 million to 1.5 billion people who are reduced, which means they are dead because of health care and vaccination. So we've got conspiring men who want to reduce the population of the earth so that we don't use as much whatever and it, it's all it's just an excuse. They want to get the population of the earth down to 600 million, which means a lot of people have to die. And they tried to do hard kill methods before, which ended up in war. So what they do now are soft kill methods, and there's lots of different things that they use. They put poisons in your foods, hydroglycerates, or I think I'm saying that wrong, GMOs. Uh, they pot, are they put poisons and chemicals in your sunscreens? Yeah, uh, vaccinations, medications, all kinds of stuff. They're trying to kill you. And uh, when you ask about it, they you, say those are just preservatives. Oh yeah, and then the other thing too, the government actually made it illegal to sue that. that vaccine manufacturers for a vaccine injury or death. It, it's just a big con game. I, another thing, too, okay, so um, I don't want to talk too much about everything, but, Kim, tell them about the dead zone on Amazon Prime, which came out in 2003. You can watch it on Amazon Prime. It's season two, episode 13. It's called The Plague. You want to tell them about what we watched in that episode of The Dead Zone, Season 2, Episode 13? Yes. Yeah, so um, specifically, it was a storyline of what happened with COVID. Um, so this was years ago that they put this episode out there. The name of the disease that was an outbreak was called COVID. That was the name of it. The cure for COVID in this episode was hydroxychloroquine, which is not just an ironic, uh, it's not just like a mistake or anything. So when, um, I feel like it's the Illuminati, when they do something, when they have to, when they are going to do something, they have rules to their game that they play. And one of the rules is that they have to put it out there for people to see or know publicly before they do it. And so years before this whole thing with COVID started up, they had already had the um, disease. They already had the flu to go around. And well, the, um, the they already knew what the, the specific virus that was released from the Wuhan facility in China was patented in 2017. Dr. Fauci said, well, President Trump's going to have to deal with the worldwide pandemic in 2019, November virus conference, pandemic conference. Before this was even, I think it was in August, September or August of 2019, they knew what was coming. Now, they did release this on purpose. 
they put a bunch of propaganda out. So now if everybody can just remember back to watching CNN and Fox News and all the different news networks, they were releasing videos in China about, you know, this crazy virus that was coming. And they were showing pictures of people going crazy in the streets and police officers that had to go in in riot gear to take people out that were going crazy and they were like rabid animals and just all of this fear propaganda. Now, you never saw that when the the COVID virus got to the United States. It was fear-mongering. They wanted you to be scared so that you would take their vaccination. And when uh, President Trump was like, hydroxychloroquine, which is what cured him, by the way. That's why a 70-something-year-old man got the virus and was cured in like three days because they gave him the, the hydroxychloroquine and he was fine. And he was trying to tell people, hydroxychloroquine is the cure. And the media was like, don't listen to him. He's fear-mongering. That's not the cure. Ugh. You know, because they don't want you to take the cure. They want you to take the vaccine. Because not only are they making money on the vaccine, but it's just like I told Joshua Sparks when this all came out in March of last year. And it's on my messenger. It's still there. He said, Mark, what is happening? Because he knows I'm a prophet. He's the one that saw God put his hands on my head and do what he did in 2003. He saw that with his own two eyes. And and Satan, he became a, a target. Satan went after him, and now he basically hides in the shadows and doesn't do what God told him to do. Not what I told him to do, but what God t- told him to do. But he still contacts me from time to time. He says, what is happening with this? I said, I said, Joshua, the cure will be worse than the disease because they want you to be scared of it. This disease, it does kill people. Tom Green, one of my friends, died of it last month. Maybe it's been two months. I don't know. But, yeah, but they have comorbidities, which means they have other things that overwhelm them. It's like nobody dies of HIV. They die by all of the crap that comes upon it, you know, whatever. So they get the the Wuhan virus and uh, all of the other things, the diabetes, the heart disease, the other stuff that they're fighting, it that's what kills you. It screws up your immune system. Well, that and the ventilation, well, they're so, this is such a complex topic. But, but they want you to take the vaccine. They make money on it, but they also can get you to take it, which changes your RNA because it's not actually a vaccine. It's a gene therapy to change your RNA so that once you take it, that's placing a time bomb inside of you, which will uh, affect you adversely in the future. The statistics show that it's like 0.07% of people who get the disease, die. That's it. It's not, it's, but, but all of the propaganda they push out there, everybody's running to do all the things. It's just part of their Luciferian agenda. 
which, oh, drives me nuts, because they call it the Luciferian agenda. Satan lost his title. His name is not Lucifer. It is Satan. Lucifer and Hillel in Hebrew mean the bearer of light and truth. And Satan is not Lucifer. Satan is not God, and Satan is not a bearer of light and truth. Anyway, so, um, but yeah, go look at that. Uh, Amazon Prime, subscribe to it for a month, whatever. You might even be able to find things about it on YouTube. Look up The Dead Zone, Season 2, Episode 13. They talk about all, not just insinuate, they talk about exactly how things if you follow the timelines and the matching up and everything, it's the same because everything played out how they wanted it to play out because this is a scam to get you to sacrifice, you know, yourself to uh, global warming and all of the uh, whatever. So anyway, um, is there anything else that you wanted to say, Kim? And okay, all right. So I am almost on the mine road. I'm going to break up, and since we don't have any callers, I am going to end the program for tonight. So we'll be back on tomorrow with chapter five, and I believe Emma said that that was Jesus Christ and the Jews. And like I said, you can read this for free online ogdenkraut.com click on read Ogden's books and then just scroll down to Holy Priesthood volume 5 starting on page 37 I think it was so anyway uh, alright well thank you everyone for listening thank you Randy from Hurricane for calling and asking your question it gives us something also, the kids to talk about because they were having so much fun and they we're like, it's my turn, it's my turn. So both of them are like, aren't we going to read some more? And, yeah, so they had a ton of fun tonight, too. Okay, and, like, so with uh, the school year being out, um, like, when when we're in school and doing all that, like, it's always hectic. We're like, we got to get all this stuff done, you know, so we're not able to do this. But maybe through the summer they can um, practice their reading and all of that. So, um uh, let's see, one more okay. thing. Oh, yeah. Kim, I still need dinner. I am hungry, and hopefully I, I know. can get a load. So I was getting the in the car, hoping, yeah, I was hoping that you were coming out this way because I was, like, in the car with all the food, and then you, I was like, you're coming this way, and then you were like, I'm going towards the mine, and then Emmett got out of the car. He's like, fine. Because <laughs> it'll take okay, you a well, lot I'm gonna longer lose. to come back. I am going to lose service. I will be loaded in the next. 15 minutes. I will call you at the uh, when I come back down the hill. And so just go ahead and mute your mic, and uh, I'll play the end of music. And uh, when that's done, I'll give you a call back as soon as I get down from the mine. All right. All right. Thank you, everyone. Okay, love you too. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening. Take care. God bless and goodbye. 